This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Hello, Hearts of Oak. Uh, I can't do this live. I am away at a conference, and there is no way that I could get out to do this live, so apologies. It's coming to you a day before, an evening before, late in the evening before. <laughs> That's why this is the only corner of my hotel room that actually has decent You see my lovely microwave in the background? There's a tap for the sink, so I'm in the corner. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you with us, however you're watching, wherever you're watching. Thank you for tuning in and joining us, watching or downloading live podcasts, listening on the go. Thank you so much for being with us. So lots of stories, as always, and it's just going to be me this evening, as I didn't want to pull anyone else in, as I had no idea when I would be able to do this time-wise. So. The first story is Preritas and James O'Keefe. For those of you who have not seen the story, it is quite an unbelievable story. James O'Keefe, the hero of exposing the left, of exposing the evils of the pharmaceutical companies, using election fraud, basically being a journalist, an investigative journalist and exposing wrongdoing by undercover reporting and undercover filming. He founded Project Veritas. Uh, We've had the pleasure of having him join us. The board have made the very strange decision to remove him. So they had put him on leave. And today, uh, I'm recording this Friday evening, they've just finished the day having board meetings and they're not sure what to do. So it seems though the board have removed James O'Keefe from the company he founded and as chairman of. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know whether it's a power struggle within. We are looking in from the outside, looking at all the the tweets that have come out are about leaks. It seems as though the allegations against James O'Keefe are that he's a taskmaster, uh, that he uh, gets quite passionate and maybe quite forceful uh, with what he does, that he drives people hard. Oh, and that he nicked a sandwich off someone. <laughs> he's hungry and he took a sandwich from someone. What, what do you say to that? So... I, I guess he would be someone who's a taskmaster, hard to work for, uh, because he is driven, focused, and has a vision. And often individuals like this, they know exactly what they want, they know where they want to go to. And um, and not everyone follows that path. Uh, those who work maybe can't keep up with the pace, uh, don't share the same vision, are in it for short-term gain, and maybe don't stay. So it does seem be disgruntled employee, former employees complaining that it was a bit too high tempo, high pressured environment. Well, I think go and work in the city of London in finance, go and work in a trading company where you're buying and selling shares and trading all day in the stock market. Go and join a 
wealth of uh, and find out actually what the real work is. I don't know whether it's a bunch of Gen Zers just, and um, my apologies for criticizing other Gen Zers, but the stereotype is uh, that younger people do not want to work, uh, that they believe are due to them. And part of the problem is not, the blame is not necessarily on the generation, the blame is on the adults in the room who are the socialist governments across Europe who uh, tell young people that they can have it all for nothing. They can have it all for nothing. So universal basic income, they can be paid to sit at home, they don't have to work for a living. And we wonder why we have this backlash and we wonder why we have a generation that doesn't feel they have to work after being told they don't. We wonder where the disconnect is. So that is the thing, the story with James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. It's reason because it makes absolutely no sense. You look at the, uh, the responses to it from many high profile figures and it's only praise often uh, from Steve Bannon, from Jack Posobich, from Frank Gaffney, uh, a range of right across. And it is huge support for James O'Keefe for what he's done, exposing evil, using journalism for what it should be, which is telling the truth. I don't know what's happened, but watch this space uh, because it is not going to go away. And it, I think from what I see in the outside, unless something's, unless there's been a spectacular failure uh, within with James O'Keefe, uh, if it hasn't been, that's a power struggle. Uh, there's, I don't see any way that he can't be reinstated, given absolute control again. And those who are the ringleaders on doing this are, are pushed out. We will see. But anyway, let's move on to the UK. And I'm doing everything tonight. So let me let me shift some of these. Give me a moment. My apologies. There you go. Let's just take that away. Much easier. So this is a story. The headline, far-right protesters clash with police at Merseyside Hotel housing asylum seekers. Far-right? So people who are concerned at illegal immigration and our hotel rooms being bought up by the Home Office, individuals being put in who could be murderers, rapists, who knows who they are, because of course there haven't been any checks. You come at an airport, I flew at an airport two days ago and waited in, a, in line for one hour in immigration to have my passport checked and because they wanted to check I was who I was and they were happy for me to enter the country. Why shouldn't people be angry whenever those same border checks are not implemented on the coasts or only implemented in the airport? Uh, secure our borders doesn't mean anything if you're not actually going to secure the borders of boats all coming in. Anyway, here we have three people arrested as eyewitnesses say police fans set on fire and counter-protesters surrounded. Counter-protesters surrounded. Oh dear. Disturbances have broken out in Nosley, near Liverpool, after several hundred far-right demonstrators protested asylum seekers who have been housed in a local hotel by the Home Office. Merseyside police said three people have been arrested on suspicion of violent disorder. 
no arrest of the government for letting people in illegally and looking after them and providing accommodation for them and leaving veterans without anything. No, let's treat foreigners who have broken in the country illegally, let's treat them better than those individuals who have fought for our country. Again, under a conservative government. If any of you think that Rishi Sunak leads a conservative government or that we've had a conservative government for any time in the last 30 years, you've lost the plot. I think watching, you agree, that we haven't had a, a conservative leadership at all in the UK over the 30 years. Uh, here, eyewitnesses, and this, of course, is The Guardian, always good to show what the left are saying, although often the right are not saying anything different. Cue COVID. So eyewitnesses at the Suites Hotel said missiles were thrown and far-right supporters said a police found that's equipment on fire. Anti-fascist demonstrators, meaning those who hit their country and is overwhelmed by an invasion of whoever. Uh, these anti-fascist demonstrators also attended and one said, one, one weirdo said, uh, the far-right protesters has split into three groups and surrounded the smaller number of anti-fascist protesters. Oh, help us. Um, there were reports that the protests were organized by the far-right patriotic alternative, but the group denied this in social media posts. Those are pictures from what had happened. I again, I, I failed to understand and grasp what on earth the crazy left are talking about. Um, they are, they claim to, well, they claim to care more about those from outside the country than those within. Uh, they claim to not want to do anything to protect our culture because our culture is inferior to any other culture. And we are seeing an invasion. We are seeing an Islamic invasion, a ideology that has nothing uh, in regards to linking up with our principles of freedoms, if we have, uh, completely opposed to all the ideologies that we have held true in our acceptance uh, none of that none of that seems to be there so we will watch this and see how it goes obviously uh, far right means those individuals are being targeted or being smeared and it's the usual media's trick of attacking those who are actually speaking truth um instead promoting of lies and falsehoods and misrepresentations as we have seen certainly over the COVID period. Let's move on to prevent. For those outside the UK, and let me just find this story, for those outside the UK, prevent is not, not an organization, a program set up to tackle Islamic extremism, which means Islam. <laughs> what is Islamic extremism? Well, it's Islam. So anyway, they claim it's some extreme version ideology. So they uh, set up this program and this was to help the security services, the police, the intelligence actually combat the rise of 
they call it Islamism, uh, that actually clashes with our values. So let's bring this. I'm just seeing if I can find it. Here we go. Apologies. It has been a really long day and I don't have my usual producer to help me as I'm far away. Anyway, enough of my crying. Let's hurry up. BBC, prevent counter-terror scheme lambasted in review. So this was set up to supposedly combat the rise of Islamist, Islamic extremism. Uh, and then it's been talked about, actually, you know, the, the security forces need to find out far right, uh, which, what is far right? And secondly, is that really the threat? Go with wherever the threat is, but they want to find a new source uh, of the threats against UK security. Um, anything to deflect the focus on is. Um, here we have end counter terror scheme lambasted in review. And the UK scheme to prevent terrorism has apparently failed repeatedly to identify attackers. A highly critical review has concluded. The report from the Home Office's hand-picked reviewer says the prevent strategy has lost way. I don't think you need a report to tell you that. That would have been common sense from anyone on the street. William Shawcross said the nationwide system that aims to identify would-be terrorists has funded a group whose head was sympathetic to the Taliban. So we are funding Taliban sympathetic groups. Rise of anti-terrorism? Something's gone wrong. Again, thank you, Conservative Party. Home Secretary Suella Braverman told MPs to prevent needs major reform. It does, but... We need less talk and more action. Prevent is a QK's counter-terrorism strategy. In practical terms, it places public bodies, including schools and the police, under a legal duty to identify people who may turn to extremism and intervene in their lives before it is too late. So, pre-crime uh, engagement. Minority report stuff. If the local panels find someone who's at risk of becoming a terrorist, the Prevent teams use specialist mentors or support programs to turn around their lives. In 2021, ministers asked Mr. Shawcross, a former chairman of the Charity Commission, a well-known critic of Islamist political influence in Europe, why would that be a bad thing? Why would the BBC point out that someone is against uh, Islamist extremism, which even with their ideology, uh, with, with the the media's understanding of that term, definition of that term, is extremist, is against ideologies, is a perverted form of Islam that is violent and destructive towards us as a society. And yet the BBC think it's bad to be against an ideology that wants to destroy your society. Anyway, so he's come out and he says it hasn't... Uh, had helped some people disengage from terrorism. But despite this, all too often, those who commit terrorist acts in this country have been previously referred to. So it, it, it's a litany of failures of prevent. And of course, nothing will, will be done. It's there in black and white. But the individual who was tasked with putting this report together, he will be the one attacked and 
prevent will continue to stumble along and to target anyone but uh, those who are the cause of violence against the UK, namely Islamic organisations driven by violence, driven by terror, driven by uh, Islam, which spread by the sword and driven by Muhammad himself. That would be too difficult to focus on that and ask those questions. So let's focus elsewhere. Reminds me of a balloon story we've had recently. Anything but actually focusing on the truth. Distraction always works. Cue for a distraction on this. I bet you there'll be a, a, an arrest of a, a far-right group that were threatened. This will be proof that Prevent is doing the job. Wait, see. Babylon B stuff. The Herald up in Scotland, following on with Prevent, SNP, Scottish National Party, used to be a nationalist party or now are just uh, a crazy woke, um, I don't even know how to describe them, uh, failure, not wanting to accept any form of reality, but SNP MP urges Home Office to widen focus of terror strategy. So along with what we discussed, um, an SNP has urged the Home Office to focus a domestic counter-terror program. Take in who are the big threats to us, where are all the, the bombings coming from, the violence coming from, anti-vaxxers, and followers of the Trump supporting QAnon conspiracy theories. I really have stayed out of the whole QAnon thing, but... But timescale between a conspiracy becoming a reality is becoming shorter and shorter. Um, I read I read someone's business card the other week, and he said it was said that taking the theory out of conspiracy or something like that. Beautiful. Anyway, so what this Kirsten Oswald said the Prevent program was too preoccupied with the possible Islamist threat and risk stigmatizing and marginalizing Muslim communities. I think they've already marginalized themselves by, by putting their ideology above their identity here in Britain as a British citizen. Whenever their ideology drives them above and beyond everything which society would require of them. That is the culture clash which we are facing and is the one that's really not addressed. We address the issue of the LGBT movement, of BLM, of the climate change nonsense. Uh, we address a lot of that, but actually as a society, the voices that critique Islam and hold Islam to the same account as Christianity and are concerned of the clash of cultures, the voices are silent on that. Anyway, this Kirsten person, she was speaking as Home, Office, as Home Secretary Swella Braverman promised a major reform of the scheme, promised a long-awaited report. Um, and it goes deeper, that goes deeper in the report. But it's that the SNP simply cover their eyes and refuse to accept where the problem lies because it doesn't fit with their ideology, which is Islam is peaceful. So the big threat to the UK are anti-vaxxers. Well, tell you what, I wasn't an anti-vaxxer until the government tried to um, enforce, push, and experimental. After that, too right, I'm an anti-vaxxer. Absolutely. 
uh, I'm sure many of you feel exactly the same way when your government tries to enforce and push you to take something which has not been fully tested and no one knows what's in it and seems to be pocket of big pharma making tens and hundreds of billions of pounds, you should ask questions. We have, sadly our government is far behind, apart from one great Andrew Bridgen who is asking the questions. Let's move on. Let's bring Mark Stein up. I guess you all know what's happened to, uh, to Mark Stein. Mark Stein is no longer working with GB News. And the reason he's no longer working with GB News is that he would not sign this contract. The Evening Standard asks, who is Mark Stein? Mark Stein is a great patriot, someone I followed for, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years, uh, 14 years maybe, whenever he was writing about Islam. Now he's writing about another ideology, which is the uh, the worship of vaccines, the new religious belief that we all must bow down to and worship. Who's Mark Stein? GB News presenter quits after Ofcom investigation. Not really the reason, but anyway, we'll read. The conservative presenter was under investigation vaccine comments made by a guest on a show last year. And why shouldn't you have someone who does not believe in vaccines speaking up or specifically does not believe in the COVID vaccines. Often you have people coming on and they're called anti-vaxxers, but they've had vaccines all the way up until this point. There's Mark Stein. Obviously he was uh, ill because he had two heart attacks. He, I've watched the videos and he is back fighting fit and he's relaunching basically his show on his channel. But let's go through this. So GB News presenter Mark Stein has quit his show after claiming the channel wanted to hold him liable for paying Ofcom fines. The conservative presenter was under investigation, blah, blah, um, and has been absent from the show in recent months after suffering two heart attacks. He claimed that he wanted to return to his show, but GB News wanted to change the term contract, making him liable for future Ofcom complaints, which Stein declined to sign. Stein's 8pm slot on GB News has since been filled by actor Lawrence Fox. Who, I assume, was happy to sign such an agreement? Interesting. I'm assuming where Mark Stein has followed Oliver, uh, Neil Oliver will follow soon after because he is extremely vocal on his opposition to the vaccines and I expect him to be the next to go. Mark Stein, 63, is a Canadian TV presenter from Toronto. He attended secondary school in Birmingham, England, and lives in New Hampshire in the US. I had no idea he attended secondary school in Birmingham, England. No idea. Stein originally worked as a DJ and then as a musical theatre critic for the Independent before becoming a political pundit. I've only a pundit. I didn't know Mark Stein as a DJ. If any of you knew Mark Stein and went along to any uh, any raves that he was DJing at, then let us know. Um, but he's presented that for uh, for quite a while, uh, and he is a very high-profile conservative figure 
extremely well respected. I mean, across the board, really across the board. Um, so he's gone. And Lawrence Fox filled in his slot. I wonder how many others will he This is a massive hit on GB News' credibility. Weren't so. I wish, I wish this wasn't the case, but it is a huge torpedo into the ship that is GB News. And if what Mark Stein is saying is correct, and that is that if Ofcom fine GB News for something that the presenter, presenter is liable for those fines, never heard of such a thing before, never heard of such a thing. Uh, even the stuff that Stephen Crowder was talking about, Daily Wire, was nothing at all. And I disagree with what he did and said, but this is nothing like this completely separate. Uh, this is throwing the presenters under the Ofcom bus. And yeah, so I think this is the end of GB News actually critiquing uh, the use of vaccines for COVID. I I think it'll be the end. I don't think we'll see Robert Malone on or Naomi, any of the uh, high profile uh, uh uh, people like Andrew Bridgen or Peter McCulloch, or I can't imagine any of them would be allowed on Ofcom, allowed on GB News, especially if the presenters are liable for fines. If anything, they say that Ofcom may find offensive, which could be absolutely anything. Saying that, we're going to look at something positive GB News are saying, because I, I do think they bring a lot, and even though if they're not willing to critique the vaccine narrative. They they are better than a lot of others. Let's go with that. So revealed senior Rotherham councillors knew and stayed sound about town's grooming gang scandal. Exclusive in-depth investigation. This is the Charlie Peters investigation, which I think goes out. As soon as you want, it will be out. Um, I think it's Saturday evening it goes out. I encourage you to watch it as much as you may be angry and frustrated and I share all those frustrations. I haven't obviously seen this. It hasn't been made public. Uh, but any highlighting of grooming gang evil is... So I give credit to GB News for actually being willing to engage on this topic. Um. After a series of GB News exclusives forced Councillor Dominic Beck to stand on as the Labour candidate uh, for Rother Valley in December, questions about how the local Labour Party came to select him. The broadcaster revealed that Claire Emma Houdinet, who was Deputy Leader of the Council when it was found to be in denial about the existence of the town's child sexual exploitation scandal, was on the constituency selection committee that put back forward for the but gb news now has evidence that the rock goes deeper exposing that four serving councillors from rotherham metropolitan borough council attended a similar out, out, outlining in explicit detail the town sex grooming gang scandal in 2005 but failed to speak up citing police pressure so the local councillors are saying the police pressurized them and told them not to speak up on child rape so the police were in on it as well wow the silence of the councillors and others in positions of 
authority allowed the sex grooming gang to continue in Rotherham without sufficient consular police action. The Alexis J report into Rotherham in August 2014 discovered that the conservative estimates some 1,400 girls have been abused from 1997 to 2013. We've seen it before. How many reports have to come out? Uh, well done to GB News for publicising this, but the public don't seem to be don't seem to care how many girls get raped. Certainly, our police don't care. Our politicians don't give a damn how many girls get raped. Um, they seem to be extremely happy with the city because they could do something to stop it. They choose not to. They choose to look the other way for fear of being called Islamophobic. We need politicians with a backbone who will stand up and call this out for what it is and actually do something about it and put those behind bars. And not, I have so many issues on this. So two issues. One is when individuals get sentenced for the crime, they get put away, they get sentenced for like five five years plus. So the, the Rochdale Nine got put away for between, I think it was five and 22 years. The ringleader, 22 years, put away between five and nine years. They get out after then two and a half years of good behavior. What is good behavior as a adult who rapes children? What, I can't work it out. Is it not raping any children in jail? Is it, what is good behavior? And how do you know after two and a half years that individual will not carry on that? They should never, ever, ever be released out into the outside world until we know they will not carry out that crime again. If that means they stay away forever, they stay away. The only reason you'd release someone is that you know they are safe to society. Prison is about punishment, but it also is about reform. And two and a half years for child rape, that's not punishment. And then releasing them, are they reformed? If not, they stay in. Um, they life until they die, unless it can be shown that they will not be doing the same actions again. How you show that, that is a whole debate, but that's what has to happen. Let's go to the Church of England. The Church of England, sorry. Don't don't get too depressed. The church, uh, Wet Welby and his worship of whatever the world is teaching him that week. So here we have G Church of England to consider use of gender neutral terms for God. I don't know if Welby actually believes in God. I wonder. The use of he when referring to God to be examined by a new commission in the spring. What? So the Bible has been the guide, the Old Testament. Uh, has been the guide for Jews. The whole Bible, the other New Testament, has been the guide for Christians worldwide. And for thousands of years, and now suddenly we find that the Church of England has to have a commission because they don't know whether God is a he or a she. Oh, my word. <laughs> I mean, just send well be to some Sunday school in some proper black majority church, and that will teach him what the Bible says. Quite simple, well be. The Church of England is considering whether to stop referring to God as he after priests asked to be allowed to use gender-neutral terms instead. The Church said 
that would launch a new commission on the spring. Because why read the Bible when you can have a Church of England commissioned to tell you what is true? Maybe the Church of England should just have a commission. They should just write a Bible. Whatever they want to put in it, whatever guardian speak they want to put in it, that's what, whatever Welby wants as his new religion. And then it can be called Welbyism. Welbyism. That's a good idea. Welbyism. So the Right Reverend Dr. Michael Igrave, Bishop of Litchfield and Vice Chair of the Liturgical Commission, responsible for the matter, they just lost their way, said the church had been exploring the use of gender language in relation to God for several years. After some dialogue between the two commissions in this area, a new joint report on gender language will begin this spring. I'm sure God is eagerly awaiting for this report to find out whether he's male or female. In common with other potential changes to authorised liturgical provision, changing the wording and number of authorised forms of absolution would require full syn synodical process for approval. This is when I need Calvin on to explain this. Uh, the specifics of the project as yet are clear. Well, no, it's, it's clear. It's to destroy... Christianity in the UK. It's to take an axe to the root and to try and chop down the tree to destroy those roots that give us the basic fabric based on the Judeo-Christian heritage, based on biblical values. That's what it is to do. And Justin Welby is just trying to pour weed killer on the word of God to destroy what the Bible teaches, and that's to uh, a third of the population in the world. I, I'd love to understand. I would love to sit and talk to Wet Welby and find out why Welbyism uh, should be the new religion and needs to replace uh, Christianity and what the gospel according Anyway, moving on before I say anything, I may regret. <laughs> I think I've come past that point. Two more, two yeah, two more stories uh, over the the state and then the ISIS attack on Christians. Let's look at the the US and the collapse of the US medical system, not on Obama exactly, but on mass immigration, which probably is Obama's fault. This is in Arizona. Very sad and disturbing story and this is arizona hospital on brink of collapse. arizona hospital on brink of collapse after spending 20 million dollars on migrant care nobody has a solution dr robert teschel said the 20 million care cost does not include infrastructure expenses so it's a border town hospital of resources Migrant patients are overwhelming a border town Seoul hospital, straining medical resources and placing the facility on the brink of collapse without sufficient funding to accommodate the influx of people. Dr. Robert Tenchel, the president and CEO of Yuma, Arizona's Yuma Regional Medicare, told co-host Rachel Compass Duffy on Sunday, Friends, Fox and Friends weekends, I don't watch that, um, that the problem is nothing new. It's been a long journey, he said. We've been at this for well over a year now. We tracked our uncompensated care for a period of six months and we calculated that we 
provide over $20 million in uncompensated care to the migrants crossing the border. So the healthcare system in America is at the point of collapse because people are coming and receiving healthcare, even though they're not citizens of the US, even though they're there illegally, though they have not paid into the system, they arrive and they expect that they deserve automatic medical care. That's not how it works. I know when when I travel, I need to get myself medical insurance and therefore I cover myself. So if something does happen, you need an insurance. We have an insurance scheme for travel. I actually don't know why we don't look into an insurance scheme here in the UK. If it's accepted for travel, then why shouldn't it be accepted here? I think that could work side by side. It's, sorry, especially as we have an NHS which has just collapsed, completely collapsed into oblivion and chaos. I think insurance scheme, similar to what they have, uh, well, in the States, but the, the US healthcare can be pretty prohibitively expensive. Um, you need to make sure everyone has access to it, but not people who come over the border illegally. They shouldn't have a right and have access to that medical care. Last story is ISIS. Where have ISIS been? This is, we'll finish with a story from the good old Daily. And this is ISIS calls for attack on Christians around the world in the wake of Quran burning stunts in Sweden. The campaign was launched by social media channel on Telegram affiliated with ISIS. ISIS have their own Telegram channel? Wow. Called for Muslims to shed blood perpetrator following burning of Quran. What a peaceful religion. So someone burns your holy book and you shed blood off them. You kill them for it. Wow. What a peaceful, loving religion. Called for attacks on Christians around the world in the wake of Quran burning book stunt, burning stunts in Sweden. The terror group launched a campaign calling for attacks on Christians, according to a report um, by the Something Center on February the 6th. Videos and posts called on Islamists to carry out attacks around the world, especially in Europe, were distributed on social media. Um, it was emphasized that all Muslims must protect their religion. If only Allah was able to protect it himself. Uh, must protect their religion if they want to go to heaven. Oh, and that they should act according to the measure for male. So if they do not kill those in the West who are burning their books, that they don't get to heaven. Oh, dear. Uh, and this is this is the, the picture of Rasmus Paladin. Love to get on, actually. Um, and the caption of this picture is, the announcement of the campaign against Christians comes after the burning of a Quran in Sweden by Rasmus Paladin, a Sweden a Danish Sweden, Swedish politician and leader of the far right party as a protest in the capital of Stockholm. Leader of what? What's the party called? It just says a far right, the far right party. Maybe it's just called the far right party. I don't know. It could be just the far right party. So that is peaceful Islam uh, wanting to attack and kill and make.
time because someone burned their book. So I think we've come to an end. Thank you for joining us. I'm really sorry I couldn't do this live. I, I hate not doing our Saturdays live. Uh, we will be live next week. Uh, thank you for watching. On Monday, we have uh, Rachel and Dini from the Troll Group. Fantastic organization, wonderful organization, which basically filled a need. And that need was there was no information collected from the unvaccinated on their health, a control group. So Pfizer got rid of their control group and just jabbed everyone, even those who weren't, so they could actually compare. They got rid of that control group completely. And the vaccine control group are a great organization. They're providing the data worldwide uh, for the unvaxxed. They also then provide a card to say you should not be vaccinated because you're part of a control group and therefore are providing a service to the world, to society, as all control groups do. Great interview. Love chatting to both of them. And that will be with you on Monday, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and 12 p.m. Pacific time. So I think on that, a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you on Monday. So thank you very much and good night. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.